0: Are you having trouble getting anyone to understand that lean is more than a cost-cutting measure? Well, there's really five different ways that lean affects the financial outcomes of your company. Welcome
1: to There's a Better Way a podcast series focused on exploring how operational excellence principles can provide solutions in your personal and professional life. Each episode, Dr. Arvind Chandrasekharan, Professor and Academic Director at The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business, will sit down with a prominent expert or faculty leader to discuss problems we face in our world today. This program is brought to you by the Master of Business, Operational Excellence. Welcome to There is a Better Way. I'm here with uh, Gene Cunningham, Chairman of the Lean Enterprise Institute. Welcome to the program, Jean.
0: Thank you so much, glad to join you.
1: So Jean, for our listeners out there, can you tell us more about yourself and what do you do at uh, the Lean Enterprise Institute?
0: The Lean Enterprise Institute is a source of information for people that are wanting to learn about the practice and the thinking of lean. Um, We were founded by Dr. Jim Womack, who book Lean Thinking, A Machine That Changed the World. And we have over more than 20 years now have been working with companies in all different industries and all different parts of the company to um, see what happens when you apply basic lean concepts in many, many different areas and then share that for other people to learn from. So basically what I do there is, as the chairman, is um, to really ensure that, you know, we are following our mission and that we have the resources and really connect with many, many people and many organizations to understand what they're doing, to both write about it, talk about it, and share it so that we can learn from each other.
1: That's great, Jean. So about yourself, Jean, in particular, I know you have a different background too, right?
0: Yes, yes. I was actually introduced to lean um, when I was with one of the companies that is in the book, Lean Thinking. I was the chief financial officer and um, involved with our lean transformation from the very beginning at the shop floor and um, realized really quickly how hard it was for our internal users of accounting information and financial information to really understand what did that information mean? How does it connect with the lean journey? it just really wasn't respectful. And so we began to try to figure out how could we solve that problem? So we, we, we started changing uh, a lot about how we provided information to the company um, and made the financial information easier to understand and really connect with and support lean thinking. So, you know, financial information sometimes can really drive us to make poor information if we don't understand the information or if it's it's done in a way that, you know, doesn't support the kinds of changes we're trying to make in our company.
1: That's great. And so going back to this point, Jean, about um, finance and accounting, right? So I know your specialty is about this idea on lean accounting, and which is the focus of our conversation today. So what is lean accounting? Tell us more about that idea of what is lean and how is, how is lean accounting viewed?
0: Sure. So lean accounting is the term that we have been using to uh, really refer to two things. One is the information from uh, accounting and finance that we provide internally to the users of that information to make it easier to understand and to make it um, available and in the language of the internal customer. Um, the other part of lean accounting is to take lean principles that just like the ones we apply in a hospital or shop floor or professional services and apply them to accounting operations so that, you know, really the combination of these two really allowing the accounting organization to sort of move from this sort of bean counter, you know, <laughs> reputation <laughs> to really being much more of a valued consultative partner and part of value creation in the company. This is what we call lean accounting.
1: So Gene, I'm glad you mentioned about uh, uh, bean counting because um, one of the challenges I face when I talk to uh, managers out there is... Uh, the moment you mention the word lean or any operational excellence technique, they look at it as cost-cutting tools. Okay, here we come and here is uh, one strategy to eliminate job or reduce waste. And uh, But you view that differently, right? So uh, from your experience, how do you view uh, the whole idea of lean in the model of not just cost-cutting but something else?
0: Sure. I actually, you know, I actually think... Lean is the the best way to improve the financial outcomes of your company. I've never been exposed to anything that is as powerful. It's not the reason necessarily to, um, you know, sort of, it's not a make the month kind of thinking. It's not that old fashioned, traditional, you know, make your numbers. It's really about changing how you do your business so that you get better financial outcomes, you get better value for your customers, you get better environment for your employees. And, you know, when we, when we move away from thinking of lean as a cost cutting exercise, and when we move away from thinking lean is just some sort of religion of that you ought to just do, and really see that it is a way to achieve the outcomes that you, that you're going for, for your organization. And, um, you know, lean accounting helps us Um, improve decision-making because we understand the connection between the work that we're doing the changes that we're making and how we manage our company how we develop products and services how we offer them and the connection to the financial outcomes so um, they're really in in my view, and what I really help try to help people understand, there are really five different components of financial outcomes for any kind of company, and it turns out that lean, of course, affects all five of these uh, different different components uh, of any business. So when we can when we can understand the connection between the changes that we're making in our company and these components or levers, then we can begin to really tell the story and share that this is not just a cost-cutting exercise, this is really a value creation. Uh, this is value creation as we apply lean principles.
1: That's uh, interesting, Jean. In fact, you mentioned five uh, components. So what are those, and, and can you give us an example based on your ex- experience working as a CFO of a company? Uh, what, what, like, How are some approaches that lean is effect- actually affecting those five components? sure
0: so so let's start with um cost reduction so you know this is the one is that cost cutting cost reduction the idea is yes of course there are reductions in costs that can come from lean thinking for instance if uh you have a area that is very complicated it takes a lot of steps it's very unpredictable you may end up with a lot of overtime and um there was a company that i you know was was trying to uh look at their process of developing labeling for their product and it turned out that that process was so inconsistent that one of the highest one of the people that had the most amount of overtime in the whole company worked in this area when they improved the process the overtime reduced. So but certainly there are cost reductions. Or another cost reduction could be that the quality of the information around what materials are going to be needed can improve. And when that's improved, you might not have to expedite uh, freight either in or out uh, as much. And so, of course, that's a cost reduction. So there's certainly cost reductions. That's type one. Mm-hmm. Type two is capacity creation. And this is probably one of the very most important ones. It does not have an immediate cost impact. What is capacity creation? capacity of people, capacity of equipment, capacity of space. Mm -hmm. And when we eliminate waste, which is one of the cornerstones of lean thinking, what happens? We create capacity. One of the problems, however, is that by creating capacity alone, it does not affect financial outcomes. You have to actually do something with that mm-hmm. capacity. And I'll give you a little story on that one uh, in just a second of, of because it connects with another um, one of the levers. Often, mm-hmm. by the way, the changes affect more than one lever. It's rare that an ch- improvement affects only one financial lever. The third financial lever is the actual demand generation, increasing mm-hmm. the demand for your products or services. The fourth, improving the margin of your products how profitable uh, the product or service may be and then last of all capacity efficiency capacity efficiency just means how well are you able to utilize things like inventory accounts receivable and all of your machinery and equipment your your facilities etc how well are you able to to utilize them in the providing services and products to your customers. So how, you know, you might, you know, each of these five things, lean affects all of these five things. Like, Mm -hmm. let me give you a little example. Let's say that you are a um, uh, software development company. And I was with a company recently, they were um, looking at their process of generating a quote for their customer and the process was very long um, there was a process where they you know put together all this information and then it had to come internal and external and then sort of going back and forth before it even got presented to the customer so they brought everyone together they looked at the full value stream of, of the development of the information and they found that they could simplify it greatly so you know typical kind of you know, looking at a value stream, looking at a process and improving it, eliminating waste. But what was the financial outcome of that? There was, there was a lot of capacity creation. So there's a lot of time of people that were doing that work. It wasn't needed any yet. So that capacity creation by itself did not generate any financial improvement. However, um, that the sales team was able to turn around the quotes so much more quickly that they actually were able to close many more quotes. What does that affect? demand generation. They Mm -hmm. were able to get more interest in their products by their customers because their internal process was improved and they could see an improvement in their sales rate as as it related to that process. Now, there was capacity creation also, people that were doing the back and forth, salespeople started making more calls, and internally, the people that were doing that back and forth work that wasn't needed anymore were moved into a new product area that was being um, created, meaning that they could support a new product without having to add additional people. So you can start to see how these different levers can work together and the cumulative outcome have a significant financial uh, impact.
1: Okay, interesting, Jeannie. In fact, I was gonna ask you, like, are there any exemplar companies that actually do this effectively? Because what you mentioned is, a cultural shift in any organization where they think about things differently and then um, and the five things that you talked about in terms of cost reduction, demand, margin, capacity. I think it's a nice way to think about um, how I'm adding value to the bottom line. So are there any good examples of companies or, or things that you have seen that does this more better than the others?
0: Yes, I think so. There is a company that is a custom manufacturer and they used to do old-fashioned standard cost accounting and were constantly trying to reduce the cost of their product. And then once they understood slow, they realized that the faster they could move the product through the process, they could handle and build and deliver more and more custom trailers with the same building, with the same people, and the, the profit of an individual product did not change, but because they were able to move them much more quickly, the total profitability increase was dramatic in terms of understanding that it was the flow and the lead time reduction that allowed them to generate much greater profitability. So I think that would be one good example. Mm-hmm. Uh, another really, I think, good example is a professional services company that um, uh, realizes that one of their big drags on their ability to grow was they had very lar- large accounts receivables balances that, um, you know, really limited their growth because they didn't have enough cash really to um grow their business and so when they worked on reducing the lead time by you know getting a close connection with customers um, utilizing setup reduction at the very beginning they were able to really dramatically improve their receivables balances that then freed up the capital to continue to grow their you know grow their their business even during a downturn um, so I think these are, these are real examples, a, a car dealer, um, a car dealer who, um, is applying lean thinking. They're up in Canada. Um, they apply lean thinking in every area and, you know, you immediately think of, oh, bring my car in for service mm-hmm. applying lean there. And certainly they did that, but they went far beyond that to saying, how can we use lean thinking to dramatically reduce the amount of time for the deals documentation to be done so that they could turn over the ownership to the customer much more quickly you wouldn't think of that as a you know as a uh, something that could improve their financial outcome but it actually did because they could get funding from the car car manufacturers they could get the funding from the financial companies that they were not able to get as quickly before and because it took less time they had the people who were responsible for the deal documentation now could handle a greater volume within their company. I think these are good examples. Mm -hmm. Of course, manufacturing also has many examples of where people have said, look, we're not going to have standard cost accounting anymore. It's driving us to make core decisions. It's, um, you know, it's making us uh, you know, really have to use our intuition versus good information. And, but in really it's in so many different industries that we Mm -hmm. see that by making changes, eliminating waste, and then being able to tell a story about how it connects to financial outcomes, it generates more and more interest in the company and reduces barriers to um, making
1: changes. Yeah, this is a really good example, uh, Jean. In fact, I want to ask you one more question along those lines, as you mentioned, great examples from auto, from car manufacturing, from software companies. Uh, a bigger challenge that America is facing right now is in healthcare. Yes. And as you can imagine, one of the reasons why healthcare is a problem is because of the cost involved in healthcare. Now, uh, based on your experience working with several healthcare organizations, and what do you see are some things that healthcare institutions can do and how do they apply? Because some of the five um, source of financial aspect that you talked about are equally applicable in healthcare organizations. So how do you see some of these things transferable to some of those uh, contexts?
0: I think, you know, all of us care about healthcare, uh, affects every single person. And certainly it's a huge issue for a lot of healthcare organizations who are going such big transformation. You know, I have to be honest and say that there is much more work with lean and healthcare organizations um, at, at the operational and customer support areas than I see in the financial areas. I really feel that so many of the financial organizations or financial departments within healthcare are so consumed mm-hmm. with um, external reporting requirements. Sure that you know they really are not as engaged operationally as i see in other industries to be completely honest however having said that you know there is no question that you know the lean work that is going on in hospitals does affect the uh, outcomes as well so for instance let's just take a simple example of setup reduction in procedure areas being mm-hmm. able to get a, a procedural room ready For the next customer on a more timely basis this is this you know creates the opportunity it creates capacity in the procedural rooms and when there is demand for those procedures it allows you to meet increased demands very common without having to add capital which would give you an improvement in your capital efficiency because you're able to meet that additional demand um, without having to, to add uh, capital. You know, in a hospital, you really don't want to spend capital on anything but cutting-edge capital. You don't want to just have, you know, redundant equipment that is not cutting-edge. You want to conserve all your sure. capital for cutting-edge uh, capabilities, which is what we all as patients would like them to do as well. So I think that there's certainly the stories that we can tell in the hospital. I mean, think of the... the um, being able to get a patient uh, ready to leave the hospital more quickly. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's good for the patient to get out of the hospital more quickly, but it's also good for the financial outcome of the hospital because it frees up a bed that you can get another customer in. Um, you know, you're not having to do diversions. I, I don't know, you know, some of the hospitals that, you know, are really constrained in their amount of their, their bed, you know, they have to divert to other hospitals, and this is just, you know, it hurts patient care. It hurts, you know, the financial outcome of the hospital as well. So, you know, all of the same concepts. We can tell the stories about how they help in healthcare. Um, I think another great example in healthcare is in the pharmaceutical area. There's there's mm-hmm. great examples of how by getting clearer about the needs for pharmaceuticals for certain procedures, uh, for you know, can really reduce a pharmaceutical waste. And this can be tracked and really connected with the improvement in the processes. The process improves, the pharmaceutical waste goes down. Safety is another example. So, you know, we can, there is everything about, you know, uh, everything in lean thinking applies in healthcare and it affects the financial outcomes of the hospitals as well as the patient outcomes, the employee experience. Um, which is also so
1: important. I think, the, I think these are very important points, Gene. As you mentioned, again, um, processes exist everywhere. Problems exist everywhere. And again, like um, one thing that I learned listening to your conversation, Gene, is how do you now, if I want to persuade a, a financial colleague of mine to give me resources to work on a problem, uh, identifying those five or six important things, the five components that you said, and creating a pathway of saying, here is how my approach to solving this problem is going to affect these outcomes could be more convincing rather than just saying that, give me the money, right? So that idea is very uh, novel here, Gene. So I really want to thank you for taking your time. I think I learned a lot about how the accounting principles, specifically the lean accounting principles, apply in so many different uh, industries. And I'm sure our listeners are going to enjoy uh, listening to your conversation. Thank you so much, Gene.
0: Well, thank you and continue the great work at your program at the Ohio State University and the MBOE. I, I run into people all the time who said they've been in your program and how much they grew and learned from it.
1: So please keep up the great work. Thank you so much for your support, Gene. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of There's a Better Way. To listen to our other episodes and for more information on the Master of Business and Operational Excellence, please visit go.osu.edu backslash M-B-O-E.